0: Recent polls have shown that overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk, that our democracy is under threat. We came critically close uh, to losing this democracy uh, as we've come to know it. So this is a real threat, Judy, to uh,
1: our democracy. Tomorrow, finally, we get to explain to them that we do not live in a democracy. We live in a republic and they're gonna feel it full force. The 2022 Cowboy State Politics Midterm Election Special. Here we go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to this 2022 midterm election special. From high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson firmly ensconced behind the one and only silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Well good morning my friends and welcome to the very first election eve on Cowboy State Politics. I have to tell you I have been waiting a heck of a long time for what's going to happen to the Redcoats tomorrow and they know it too. And if they don't they can go hang out with Frontier Republican founder Gail Simmons way up in the gallery. Because for a lot of them, that's as close as they're going to get to the floor of the Wyoming State Legislature. For two years, we've been told nothing except that all of us are a threat to democracy. And all of us, the entire time, have just tried to tell them, guys, we don't live in a democracy, and if you pull your head out of, well, you get it. Anyway, but if they did that, they'd be able to see that we actually live in the most amazing republic that this world has ever known. In the history of the world, of all of the people that have ever lived, only about 1% have actually been truly free. That 1% is us, Americans. And you would think that the people that we've entrusted to represent us at our state legislature would understand that. But most of them don't. In fact, they use the trust that we have bestowed upon them to further their own political ends. But in the Wyoming legislature, most of the Republicans are participating in what is the most transparent deception that I think I've ever heard of. And until very recently, they were getting away with it. Because most Republicans in the state of Wyoming, who are actually really conservative don't really have the time to pay attention to what all these people are doing because we're a really trusting bunch. Remember that whole bestowing trust upon them business? So we don't take the time necessary to see exactly what they're doing, nor should we have to. And had all of us this entire two years paid attention to what they were doing, we would realize that the vast majority of them who are in power right now are not Republicans. Oh, they call themselves Republicans, but they're the furthest thing from it. They are redcoats. And since this is the first election special on cowboy state politics, perhaps I should explain what it is that I mean by the term redcoat. I'm a historian, and my hero is George Washington. Not because he was the first president, but because George Washington is the indispensable man. If you ask any honest historian why America exists today, they'll tell you for two reasons. First, George Washington, and second, the Constitution. This great country that we live in would not exist but for General George Washington. You see, that's how he was referred to even until he resigned the presidency. It was not President Washington. It was General Washington. And the biggest insult that anyone could give to General Washington was to be a liar, to attempt to be something that you are not. At the time of the Revolutionary War, the British had spies everywhere, but nobody could really tell who was a redcoat and who was a patriot because they all pretty much dressed the same. And it wasn't until these redcoats would go home to a house that they had seized from a colonist and they took off their patriot clothes that they revealed who they really were. Redcoats. In Wyoming, it's very difficult to get elected if you are not a Republican. And most Wyoming citizens are very conservative. And so when these people run for office, they come to us and they say things like, we love our guns, we hate abortion, taxes are too high, we spend too much, I'm a conservative and you should vote for me. And so because we're a trusting bunch, We fill in that little circle for them. And then when they go down to Cheyenne, they do exactly the opposite of what it is that they told us. And worse than that, though, when they come home, they get on our radio stations and they tell us exactly the opposite of what they did. They are redcoats. Most of them can't even tell you what the Republican Party platform says. If you ask any of them if they have a copy of the Wyoming Constitution, they'll whip it right out of their back pocket and it'll be bright and shiny new because they've probably never read it. And here we are one day before the 2022 midterm election. Wyoming citizens already dispatched a number of redcoats during the primary, but now some of their redcoat buddies have decided to run as independents against truly conservative candidates that made it through the primary election. A number of people who are lifelong registered Republicans changed their party affiliation to independent to run against the Republican nominee for the state legislature on face you have to question these people's principles if they're willing to change their party affiliation just to win an election that's no different than the redcoats that get elected they're actually democrats who can't spell that run as republicans in order to get elected you can put lipstick on a pig but it's still a pig was that too harsh No, no, I don't think it is, and you'll agree with me after I tell you about a few of them. But before I do that, some completely egregious self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website CowboyStatePolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Representative Dan Zwanitzer, and you're a little terrified because a bunch of people that value accountability got elected to the state legislature, well, you can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and figure out why. This portion of the program is brought to you by New Trend Hats. They have a wide variety of hats for both men and women. And since it's winter, I strongly suggest you go check out their website, newtrendhats.com. Trust me, you'll find something to keep those ears of yours warm. And if you're one of these redcoats that has your ears burning because of what I'm about to tell Wyoming citizens, well, you can probably go to newtrendhats.com and find a hat that can hide those little ears of yours. (laughs) That's newtrendhats.com. This is going to be a great program today. Later on in the program, I've got a conversation between Representative Mark Jennings, the soon to be newly elected Ken Pendergraft, and myself. We covered a lot of the races across the state. Now, before we get there though, I'm gonna tell you about a couple of red coats that have really got me steamed. To prep you for the first one, I've prepared a little montage of a whole bunch of garbage that you've been hearing on the mainstream media. It may make your eyes bleed, and perhaps may make your head explode, but trust me, it's for a greater purpose. All of these people that you're about to hear are Democrats. Don't forget that. It's really important. Here
0: we go. Recent polls have shown an overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk, that our democracy is under threat. We came critically close uh, to losing this democracy uh, as we've come to know it. So this is a real threat, Judy, to uh, our democracy. There's a very real sense that there remains a
1: clear and present danger to our democracy.
0: Our democracy is at stake. Top issue is the threat to democracy. For the first time, we saw
2: that uh, threats to democracy overtook even concerns about the
0: economy. He has been clear democracy is under assault. You have to recognize that they are undermining our democracy. Obviously, Republicans, I think, are the biggest threat to democracy. Threats to democracy. The issue surpasses the cost of living.
1: The republic faces an existential threat from a movement that is openly contemptuous of democracy. Voters got a very concrete answer as to what a threat to democracy looks like.
0: Protecting our democracy. He is threatening our democracy. Empowering election deniers to
1: undermine democracy itself. If you need to, let me know and I'll send you a roll of duct tape, if you can find all of the pieces of your head. So remember, all of those were Democrats. To the Wyoming turkey vulture. Uh, I mean Wyoming Tribune eagle. In an article entitled, Will Wyoming Turn a Darker Shade of Red? Jasmine Hall writes, yesterday. And I quote, Representative Dan Zwanitzer said the Wyoming legislature can't afford any more ultra-conservative ideologues who don't understand the complexities of writing law. The Cheyenne Republican has served in the State House of Representatives for 17 years, and he said the governing body isn't what it was a decade ago. He said there's a lack of congeniality and the legislative process is filled with anger and vitriol. <coughs> That might be because it was exposed that Representative Dan Zwanitzer gerrymandered his own house into his old district. Well, and he was totally guilty of voter fraud, and of course the legislature kind of brushed that underneath the rug. Anyhow, back to the article. Zwanitzer believes it is a dangerous and scary political philosophy for a party to demand only one way of thinking, which amounts to voting no on any compromise or bill outside the party platform. He said there's a movement of political candidates and lawmakers gaining ground in the legislature that don't want any government regulation or taxes, and they only run on extreme issues. Quote, maybe if we just didn't have a legislature for the next decade, we'll see what happens, he told the Wyoming Tribune Eagle this week. Zwanitzer said the legislature can't function if it's getting to a point where nearly a third of members don't want to think or read and automatically vote no. There's no room for diverse ideological discussions or debate because lawmakers won't engage. Quote, that's a real threat to democracy we're facing, end quote. Huh, kind of sounds like this, doesn't it? So this is a real threat, Judy, to uh, our democracy. And it kind of sounds like this.
0: You have to recognize that they are undermining our democracy.
1: I've never heard a Republican talk the way that Representative Dan Zwanitzer did to the Wyoming Tribune Eagle yesterday. But there again, Dan Zwanitzer really isn't a Republican at all. He's a redcoat. According to Evidence-Based Wyoming, which if you're new to the program, Evidence-Based Wyoming is one of the great websites we have in the state. In fact, there are there are two others that are awesome. But Evidence-Based Wyoming tracks how often a legislature votes with the Democrats versus how often they vote with the Republicans. In the 2022 legislative session, Representative Dan Zwanitzer voted with the Democrats 83.5% of the time. According to WiOVOte, which is yet another legislator ranking tool that ranks each legislator according to each roll call vote and tracks how conservative they are, and Representative Dan Zwanitzer is number 70 out of 90. The truth is, there's actually a Democrat who is way more conservative than Representative Dan Zwanitzer, and yet Representative Dan Zwanitzer still calls himself a Republican. Now, the truth is, I like Democrats a lot more than I do redcoats. At least the Democrats are honest about who they are, unlike Zwanitzer. Now, Representative Zwanitzer really doesn't have an opponent in the general election. But the reason I bring him up is to give you a baseline on what really counts as a redcoat with actual numbers. I mentioned earlier in the program that there are a number of individuals that have changed their party affiliation from Republican to run as independents against the Republican nominee for the legislature. One of those is a guy named Dan Brecht. He's running against incumbent Representative Jeremy Haroldson. According to WyoVote, Haroldson is the sixth most conservative legislator in the Wyoming state legislature. A world of difference between Representative Haroldson and redcoat Dan Zwanitzer. According to a Cowboy State Politics Freedom of Information Act request, Dan Brecht has been in the Republican Party nearly his entire life. You'll find out shortly why I say that he's been in the Republican Party and not that he is a Republican. And the reason I call him flip-flopper Dan Brecht is earlier on in this campaign season, he agreed to an interview on Cowboy State Politics. And then the day before the interview, he sends me this email that says he doesn't want to be accused of flip-flopping because of something that he said on the program. So in an effort to avoid flip-flopping, he flip-flopped on the interview before he could flip-flop. It's the craziest case of flip-flopping I've ever seen. It might rival John Kerry. Well, okay, maybe we can't go that far. Well, anyhow, earlier this week, Flip-Flopper Dan put out a list of his platform positions. Now, I'm going to read them to you, and you just tell me if you think that any of them bear any resemblance whatsoever to the Republican Party platform that you know of. And I quote, Regarding abortion, I stand by what I said at the Republican Forum. To me, life begins when a fetus responds to touch, not at conception. And therefore, I would support the idea being proposed by Lindsey Graham that abortions should be allowed until 15 weeks. I absolutely support crossover voting. A bill legalizing marijuana is something I feel needs to be considered in Wyoming. I absolutely support the use of drop boxes. Absolute truth can mean different things to people of different faiths. Whether boys are allowed to participate with girls in sports should be left up to the local school district. The 30 by 30 plan is an effort to stave off the effects of climate change. I'll support Medicaid expansion. Critical race theory is not being taught in Wyoming schools. And I bet he also thinks that there's a threat to democracy. This guy has been in the Republican Party for his entire life. Another Democrat that can't spell is Todd Peterson, who is running against the Republican nominee Scott Smith in Goshen County. This guy has also been a lifelong Republican, according to yet another FOIA request. Todd appears to be a little bit more politically savvy than flip-flopper Dan, he didn't put out a list of the things that he believes in, but he did put out a couple of radio ads recently. Allow me to play for you a portion of one of them.
2: I'm Todd Peterson, candidate for Haas District 5. Tuesday, November 8th is just a few days away, and the swamp tactics are in full force, telling you I'm not worthy to represent you. Why do I say swamp? I say that because what I've found is the majority of the funding for my opponent's ads, flyers, and Facebook is coming from outside of Goshen County. Why is that? It's because people from outside of Goshen County want to control how my opponent votes if elected.
1: That claim sounds sort of swampy. But it might also interest you to know that Todd Peterson was one of the big heads of the economic development outfit there in Goshen County. Which, of course, if you listen to Cowboy State Politics, I've explained over and over how the government cannot create economic development. And the one in Goshen County doesn't really either. In fact, the vast majority of revenues that are generated by their tax that funds the economic development go to salaries. And then, of course, there's this great little article in the cow pie entitled Defeated Goshen County GOP Legislator Backs Independent Over GOP Candidate That Beat Her, written by Leo Wolfson on September 14th. And I quote, Duncan said that Peterson didn't run in the primary election because he didn't want to run against her. She said he is now running out of concern for Goshen County's representation at the state capitol. Quote, He's an old school Republican. A true conservative. Well, redcoat Shelly Duncan wouldn't know conservatism if she bumped her head on it. We'll get to her in just a second. The article continues, quote, Duncan believes Peterson can beat Smith with the help of libertarians and Democrats who either voted for other candidates in the primary or didn't vote for her. Notice that she didn't mention Republicans. You know, the same party that she and Mr. Peterson have been a part of for their entire life. Oh, wait, No. Shelly Duncan was a Democrat and then switched to the Republican Party to win an election. Like I said, redcoat. And then there's this pesky little thing that redcoat Shelly Duncan was the treasurer of Todd Peterson's election committee for a little bit. I wonder why that was. And you remember that little bit of Todd Peterson's ad where he's scolding Scott Smith for getting money that comes from outside of Goshen County from the article, and I quote, Western conservatives, a Colorado-based PAC, backed Duncan in her campaign despite Duncan speaking out against the group's tactics on Smith. Considering that redcoat Shelly Duncan will switch parties to win an election, I'm really sure that she found all of those ads from that Colorado-based PAC so distasteful. According to Wyo Vote, Redcoat Shelly Duncan is the 58th most conservative legislator in the Wyoming legislature, so not quite as bad as Dan monitor, but not too far off. And her firm grasp on what conservatism actually is led her to vote with the Democrats over 80% of the time. She was even caught on the floor of the Wyoming House sporting a rhino pin. So I'm sure that Redcoat Shelly Duncan knows exactly what conservatism is That's why she does the opposite. And so what does all of this have to do with Todd Peterson? Well, he didn't file to run in the primary because he didn't want to run against Shelley Duncan because he agrees with her. So those are two of the biggest examples of independents running against the Republican nominee, but there are others. And we cover those races in the discussion between myself, Mark Jennings, and Ken Pendergraft. And we'll get to that next. But first, a completely obscene profit timeout. (music) Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. Whether you know it or not, it's winter in Wyoming. And pretty soon, we're going to get more of that white crap. And this time, it's not going to be just an inch or two. It'll be feet. And all of your fun summertime toys are going to be living in a snowbank for the next nine months. Now, to prevent that, you could call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings, 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter what type of metal structure you're interested in. Give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. Now, if you're interested in a slightly smaller building, You can call my friends at 307 Cowboy Country. Bryce and Melody Reese have the knowledge and expertise to outfit you with the perfect backyard shed that you've been thinking about. That way, you can put all of your lawn equipment inside, and it's not going to be covered up with snow, like all the fun summertime toys the other guy let sit out in the back pasture. Give them a call. 307-441-1815 Montana Shed Center. Buildings for Life. New episodes of Cowboy State Politics are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And don't forget about the Thursday live episode every Thursday morning beginning at 10 a.m. On that program, we cover more national issues that we don't catch up with in the regular episodes. That's every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And now back to our election special. Think of no better people to discuss the upcoming election on Tuesday than Representative Mark Jennings and soon-to-be Representative Ken Pendergraft. We had a great discussion and here it is. So, Mark, how are you feeling the day before the election?
2: You know, very hopeful. Uh, I think it's going to go very well for us. Uh, conservative people are have stepped up to the plate all across the state and uh, it's been a long, hard election. and. Looking forward to a lot of victories.
0: What's the magic number?
2: Well, we don't know the magic number. Um, if you're talking about in the leadership race currently, until the election tomorrow, it'll be um, 53, so it'd be 27.
1: 27 votes, and you would become the speaker of the house.
2: If the numbers remain as they are right now, but they won't. There'll be some changes, and you know you'll have some more Republicans will win.
1: So, Ken, you've got an opponent in the general election. How do you think your race is going?
0: I think pretty well. The last few times I was out door-to-dooring, virtually everybody I talked to had either already voted for me or said they were going to, that I was on their list is a common expression. It's, it's very difficult to tell because you don't have any polling data out there. You go around and you see signs, and she has a very efficient campaign. They put up a lot of signs. When you start doing a little bit of research about where the signs are actually placed and who owns those buildings or houses, and you begin to see a pattern emerge. And I guess that's one thing I would like to see the Republicans learn from is they, by they, I mean the Democrats, have this ability to kind of march in lockstep. And as you and I have said several times, Mark, Republicans are more like herding cats. Everybody's got their own opinion, their own way of doing it, because we're independents. And so by nature, that's going to be more difficult.
2: I think your uh, primary opponent had a lot of signs out, too.
0: He did. He spent a lot of money. Until recently, with the, the store of Oklahoma competition over in Jackson... Gary had outspent anybody in a legislative race. But, but that particular race over there has just blown away. I, th- I think between the two of them, they spent almost $150,000 right now.
1: That's amazing for a Wyoming state, state race.
0: That's what happened in Colorado, though, is they came with all this money and began to make it so that the normal Joe Snuffy... And, they, and they accused
2: us of the dark money. Yeah. That's what's yeah. always yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, there's more of that projection. Whatever, whatever it is they accuse you of, that's what they're doing. So
1: one question I have for you, Mark, is there was an article in the Wyoming Tribune Buzzard this morning, and they, they were talking to Dan Zwanitzer. He said that if any more right-wing extremist conservatives get elected, or excuse me, conservatives who don't know how to think or read get elected, then the legislature won't function. What's your response to that?
2: Well, I think Mr. Zwanitzer better be, get prepared because uh, I um, have it on pretty good authority that more than a couple more are coming. And so, as we've seen uh, with Mr. Zwanitzer, his, some of his previous uh, things were just kind of swept under the rug. And I think he's scared that there's going to be people that are there's going to be a transparency and uh, accountability movement from these conservatives. And he very well could be right. I don't think it stops the, the legislature from functioning. It's there's not, no way. That, that's not the way
1: that works. It's a preposterous. Yeah, it's a preposterous statement.
0: That. That's a big word.
1: It is. Well, you know, for people that don't know how to read, I <laughs> suppose that is a big word.
0: <laughs> I think that's funny because I did read. I did a little bit of reading about Zwanitzer. So I read about where he lives, and I read about some other things. And as you alluded to, Mark, some of us are a little more curious than the last batch.
1: Okay, so let's talk about some of the people that may very well be in the legislature. So we don't pay a lot of attention to the other side of the mountain, since we happen to live in, on the eastern side of the state. What races are you guys watching You know, from that part of the state?
2: On the west side? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an independent running against John Conrad, who normally I'd, we'd want to be very supportive of as a Republican, but the problem with this guy is he's the guy that continues to sue the Republican Party just to run them out of money, is all that's about. So it'll be very interesting. I'm usually, right in candidacies are very difficult. I'm very interested to see how that one comes out. Um, Obviously Paul Vogelheim against Liz Stor. Liz Storr is a
1: She's Wyoming's multi- version of George Soros. That's is exactly what she,
2: is. what she is. And uh it will be very interesting to see um if all that money is able to get a seat. And um uh, I talked to Paul Vogelheim time or two, um had good conversations with him. Do I think he's Uh, Maybe as conservative as the one sitting on this table? No. But um, on the other hand, he's not loose door. I'm watching Sarah Penn. Mm, I really like I have
0: a particular beef with Andy, which hopefully I won't ever have to have hashed out. But to watch Sarah and the way that she has performed, I think she's doing an excellent job. And to those that might say, there's no way that a white woman can win on the reservation... I think Pepper Ottman might have a different view of that. She might. On
2: on top of that, Sarah is a nurse practitioner, so she's worked with a lot of those people, and she really cares about those people on the reservation. They care about her. The establishment on there probably won't vote for her, but if you look at that geographically, there's um, there's more land mass, I believe it is, in that district off the reservation than on. I'm sorry, I think it's the other way around. There are more people off than on the reservation, and she carried herself very well in the primary. I expect her to win. Everything that I've heard about that race is Andy's not engaged. She's um, doing very little. And I think that's, if you're going to do representatives, you've got to go out and do the work, yeah. as you well know.
1: The thing that struck me about Sarah is the lady speaks the language of liberty. I mean, from the very yeah. per- first time I talked with her, I was blown away at her understanding of why it is that we're doing what we're doing.
2: She works with a conservative group down there sometimes that meet and they're very much they love they love freedom. Very and they see it slipping away, and so that's why she got involved in the fight.
1: Okay. Well double L Lloyd Larson, he's got an opponent too. Maybe I haven't told you guys about this, but as much as I rag on Lloyd Larson. He is kind of smart. He was able to buy ads that show up on my podcast, which, got to admit, kind of smart. But Lloyd has a public funding problem over there. He's got a big, big state-funded project that's $10 million over budget. So what do we think about his opponent, Jeff Martin?
2: Well, I personally know Jeff Martin, and and that's one of the races that I've stayed uh, out of. But that having been said, Jeff is a good, solid guy. I think Lloyd could be in trouble. I mean, um, uh, he's, uh, Jeff's on the ballot, and so um, that's going to be an interesting one to watch for sure.
0: You're very good friends with Representative Nyman, and he's right there at ground zero with Roger Conant, Ogden Driscoll. Do you have a feel on that particular race?
2: That's another one that I've been uh, completely stayed out of, but I've watched from the sidelines. And that's a very interesting one. right in candidates very seldom have a very good shot at it. But um, the people who have run that race uh, have a pretty good understanding of that. Ogden, while he's won that three times, he's it's always been a split uh, mm-hmm. race. And I... I almost get as much information from listening to things that Ogden has said to people. Uh, I think he's concerned, and that makes me think that he might have good reason to be concerned.
1: I think out of all of the write-in races that we have across the state, that one probably has has the most chance of winning.
2: Well, the the one in the southwest against John Conrad. It's a, Joe a, Webb, is his name. Has a lot of uh, a lot of grassroots support too it's been interesting to watch
0: do we dare bring up the uh, the governor's race you talk about a write-in candidate and to me if brent were to draw or the people that are putting brent in there as a write-in because brent is not involved in that campaign but if he's able to draw 50 60 thousand votes you've got to think that Governor Gordon and some of the other establishment types would have to look at that, and would I would think it would give them pause. And so we may not win the—I say we— he may not win the governor's seat, but he's going to win.
1: Oh, I and, think if he if he gets a sizable percentage of write-in votes, I mean, even if he got 20,000 write-in votes, that would be a huge win.
0: One of the things I said in an interview with the other day was— we're winning. Horse apples. Yeah, I did say that. Um, it's not what I wanted to say, but it's what I said. We've talked about this several times. You know, the Harlem Globetrotters used to play against the Washington Generals. And the Washington Generals' job was to go out and lose gracefully. And what I said in the interviews was, well, we've got a new team there now, and we're kind of sick of losing.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that we're going to set a standard in Wyoming that can be followed in a number of other states. But This is how it's done. This is how you take it back. There are a lot of people talk about taking it back, but we have been more successful here than I've seen anybody anywhere else.
2: Well, I think Ken's right that, that uh, a new day is here. Whether we take leadership or not, the days where the moderates could come in and, and just totally pay no attention to the conservatives and force them to stay away from the table with their ideas, and you know if they handed out a allowing us to have a gun bill and a, and a life bill, we were happy to have them, and we'll be in whenever we can. But their days of running over the conservatives are over. Absolutely, they it, are. It, it and they. I don't know whether they know it or not. I don't know if they're willing to acknowledge that yet.
0: It's also telling that as you go out and you read from the lamestream press here in Wyoming, you don't hear about Tony Locke, Abby Angelos. A lot of these people that have already got the election won.
1: They don't want to talk about those types of They are
0: not mentioning uh-huh. them. They're not, they're Careful crickets. you're going to
2: make Dan Zwanitzer stay up at night.
0: Crickets.
1: Oh, well, Dan Zwanitzer he, better know that I'm going to be all over him for I don't, the next two years. I don't
0: think Dan Zwanitzer gets a lot of sleep anyway.
1: So let's, let's go to the other side of the state. Um, we've got a race down in Cheyenne in District 44, Tamara Trujillo and Sarah Burlingame. There was an article in the Pravda on the Platte this morning that they admitted that it's kind of looking like Trujillo might pull that out. What do you guys think?
2: I think she'd have it. Um, one of the problems that we have on our side is John Romero Martinez, who currently holds the seat, is... Uh, mounted a um, ride right in Canada to see that I don't know if Sarah's paying him for that or, or helping him out <laughs> along those lines but uh, it, it doesn't help but I think Tamara takes Takes it because far too many people know Sarah is too radical. I mean, even for the Democrats, she's oh no, not radical. according to
1: her. She says yes. she's a boring candidate, and
2: she's going to redefine conservatism. Yep,
1: that's where I was going next. And I
2: not not in my dictionary. She she doesn't get to do that.
1: Yeah, she called Tamara Trujillo alt right, and that that she Sarah Burlingame is going to re-de- no. She said uh, retake the word conservative. Well, first of all. Sarah Burlingame is the furthest thing from conservative, but isn't that what a lot of these um, left-wing candidates or more liberal candidates are doing, is re- trying to redefine words?
0: My opponent has done that. Somebody that I know, she came and approached him, and, and he said, I'm looking at your material here, and I can't tell what you stand for. Would you tell me what she stand for? And she began with, I'm a fiscal conservative. Which Four is apples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I do not think she knows what that word means. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a serious problem there. And he said, well, are you, I can't tell from your materials, are you a Republican or a Democrat? She said, what difference does it make? And he said, all the difference in the world. There are, there are people on both sides that like to try to say that they're a moderate. How can you take the abortion thing? Either it is a living person or it's not there's very little middle ground and you can go right on down the list of some of these hot button issues and we have completely different worldviews. It's not going to be reaching across the aisle. It's going to be winning. We're winning. Let's take a quick break
1: and pay some bills. This segment of the program is brought to you by the Buffalo Wool Company. When I'm outside, my feet get cold faster than anything else. That was until I started wearing socks from the Buffalo Wool Company. They're great. The other weekend when I was at the cabin elk hunting, I didn't even put on my boots. I just had a pair of the Buffalo Wool Company socks and my tennis shoes on, and I really didn't get cold all weekend long. If you're like me and your feet get cold really fast, then you should really check out some socks from the Buffalo Wool Company. You can find them at thebuffalowoolco.com. One last time, don't forget about the live program that starts every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. You can find the link to the live stream at cowboystatepolitics.com right up at the top of the page or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. And now, the conclusion to our 2022 Cowboy State Politics Midterm Election Special. That goes to the question I've been thinking about all this morning after reading those couple of articles, is how how do we work with people that have diametrically opposed worldviews? you know, that that refer to us as people who can't think and can't read, you know, lie when they say that they're more moderate than they really are.
2: It's not very civil for <laughs> no. them to do that, is oh,
1: it? Oh, no, I thought they were the party of civility. Yeah,
2: and that is the problem. In my tenure there... Um, senility?
0: Did you say senility? <laughs> <Yeah>, that's probably <laughs> okay. closer. And I, I, there
2: are government, you know, if we look at what we're our founding fathers had. They wanted the wheels to turn slowly and the best ideas to come to the top. There's nothing wrong with us holding a conviction. As far as being able to work with those people, listen, I want to hear their opinion, even though it is different than mine. Sometimes I want to hear it to know how to battle it.
0: You want them to have the opportunity to voice it because if they don't have that opportunity, then Then we
2: don't. Then we don't. Yeah, that's right. And so that's the working with now. Compromise is a is a a dirty word from the standpoint from the conservative side of that is because what they mean by compromise is you give in. Conservatives give in. You lose gracefully. And there's a we've done that for a long, long time. We we have compromised far too much with our principles now there are things that you can truly work with people on you know I mean um, one that Ken likes to to get me on and i agree with Ken on the conservative ideas tourism stole an extra 23 million dollars above their budget which there's question mark whether or not how much they should be whether they're constitutional as a agency anyway but since they've stolen been able to steal that money um, you can work as what to do with that. Until we can get that resolved, you may have to work with other people that have other ideas. But the overall arching truth of it, I mean, and I think it comes back to that word that you use, David, is arbitrary. Uh, arbitrary truth. And that's what the left believes in, whether they have an R or a D in front of their name. And the conservatives are much more to there is absolute truths. And those absolute truths are things that have, in the past, helped us govern this country. And um, they're necessary. Our Creator gave us absolute truths.
0: Another thing we can learn from our opposition is their propensity and their skill at using incrementalism. We kind of are all or nothing. Either we're going to win it all, get the home run, and go home, or we give up. They'll take a base hit, and a base hit, and a base hit, and a base hit, and after 40 years, they've got 30 runs, and we're sitting here waiting for our first home run.
1: Well, the majority of Pete Rose's hits were not triples and doubles. They were singles. I had
2: a lobbyist tell me one time that when, when legislation goes through that they don't want, and this this um, gives a very good illustration of what they believe in incrementalism. When they lose a battle and... One of our ideas, and, and they gave me an example, I can't remember what it was on, over the course of, I think it was three to four years, they changed a word in that new legis- piece of legislation. By the end of three or four years, it, they'd actually had turned it around in favor of their left idea. And it, it started incrementally. And conservatives, we want it all or nothing, and we want it right now. And... We win one, go home and celebrate. They win one, or they lose one. They go home and figure out how to obfuscate or how to go around the rule or how to rewrite the rule somehow.
1: Well, a lot of the problems we're seeing in our state go back to this idea that leftists try to push that there are no absolute truths. You know, the the obscene material that's in Wyoming libraries, that's a major problem. And it's an absolute problem. Absolutely, it is. Um, So let's go a little bit farther north from Cheyenne um, and talk about the Jeremy Haroldson Dan Brecht race. Ken, let's start with you.
0: I don't have the list in front of me, but I saw a flyer that Brecht put out. All of his life, he's called himself a Republican, and he begins to list basically his platform. And if you look at that platform, everything that he mentions is completely opposite of the GOP platform, the Republican platform.
1: What's the number one, number one thing listed in our platform? Life. Life. What's the number one thing listed in his?
0: Life, or the lack of that. There is this idea, and heard it in a sermon yesterday, very good sermon, by the way. In the end times, what's wrong is right. What's right will be called wrong. And that's what we're looking at, is this complete turning upside down of right and wrong, and you, you saw it in um, 1984, George Orwell's 1984. We reduce the language, so now we have double plus uncold, and all the things that are black or white, and all the things that are white or black, the things like two and two or four, are no longer true. That's where we're at.
1: Well, one thing that struck me about that flyer that you mentioned, Ken, is. Dan Brecht, and I know he's been a Republican his his whole life because I did a Freedom of Information Act request on him. Well, he flat says that he's okay with abortion up to 15 weeks. So I went home. I mean, I was thinking about this on the way back from Gillette yesterday and got home, and the very first thing I did is went and talked to my mom and said, Mom, what happens with the baby at 15 weeks? And her exact words to me were, I could see your eyes moving. Well, of course, she was referring to an ultrasound, yeah right, so if a baby's eyes are moving, that means there's brain activity yeah you could you can you can detect a heartbeat at four weeks, so really, what this guy is saying is, yeah, it's totally okay to kill a baby
2: yeah yeah really it's arbitrary at fifteen weeks, why not fourteen
1: why why not twenty
2: eight yeah why not twenty eight why not go either way why not it's 38? arbitrary yeah
1: all right, so let's Still farther north, uh, Todd Peterson and Scott Smith.
2: you know he kind of came alive with some radio ads the other day, and I was talking to uh, Scott and um he's responding back to it, but again, his I think is more towards economic development and um, some more code words for liberal ideology and I think Scott'll be fine in that one uh, i I think Jeremy's going to be all right too.
0: We'll we spent a couple of days in Torrington at a rally for Scott, and it's really hard to gauge from that because you're, you're inside that echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Right. But one of the things that struck me in just talking to people who were there, was well, there were a lot more solid, rock-solid conservatives in that area than I feel there are in metropolitan, if you want to call it that, Sheridan, downtown Sheridan. I think that a conservative still has a good chance, and we'll see you in a day. Has a good chance in a place like Sheridan. They're running competitive races in other states or in other cities around the state. But sitting where he's at, I've got to think that he's in a really good place.
2: Yeah, our our urban areas. But I think the main reason is is that we don't make informed voters. You're running in one of the hardest districts that there is to run in. It hasn't seen a a strong conservative for decades. <laughs> i mean a long time. i don't know that it ever has and uh
0: you talk about house 29 29 yeah and it, as far as there was a house 29 there's not been a conservative and then you go back before that and it was just sheridan county and you got to go way back
2: but you've gotten out and informed and I think that's the that's the difference uh, Scott's done good he's done a lot of good mailers and put stuff out and had uh the people out there in that rural area you know they're they've rallied to that they understand that. Um, but even in the urban, the battle can be won. Maybe not in every single one of those, but it's, it's our it behooves us to go out and inform those people.
1: Now, in those radio ads you mentioned, Mark, the, Todd Peterson accuses Scott of being part of the swamp. Well, now, Todd Peterson and Dan Brecht, by the way, are really big in the business development um, fiasco. You know, if if anything is part of the swamp, it's those two guys. A guy that I really don't know that much about is Bruce Jones. Now, Bruce Jones is running as an independent against um, Tommy Strock. Any feelings on that race?
2: Don't know. It well, I was there for the rally for that one, and um, it was standing room only. Again, I assume you guys was also the other two. I I made it to Tommy's. It not was the crowded. Other two. And so, once again, the grassroots, they are interested and they do understand the absolute truths and stuff like that that people like Tommy are standing for. And so I think he's going to have a hard time breaking through that grassroots. And I think Tommy is going to take that fine. She raised she raised a pretty good chunk of change in a short period of time. and She had a good speaker there from Johnson County, too, I might add. Well thank you very much Mark. I didn't well, say it was you. <laughs> well it was. But it was.
1: <laughs> well out of all, out of all the candidates and perhaps I'm a little bit biased because I know I know Tommy a little bit well better than some of the other candidates but I try to look at at actions and not words because that's part of the, the biggest problem with politics is people say that they'll do one thing and then they do do the other. Well Tommy, I mean as you drive north from Douglas to Casper Her property is on the right-hand side of the road, and it's the one that has all of the anti-abortion signs in it. And that lady was... She's done a
2: great job there. Oh,
1: yeah. She was heartbroken the day that the state tried to make her take one of them down. But I think out of all of the other candidates, you know, like I said, I don't know them nearly as well as I do, Tommy. But, I mean, I think that we have a group of very conservative people, very conservative good people. um, Thinkers. Thinkers. That
2: Contrary to what Mr. Zwanitzer might think,
1: they can probably read Dan. But I think this year, I mean, we have an excellent group of people running for the legislature, and all indications point to uh, conservatives taking over at least the House. So let's let's hop over to the Senate real quick. So, what do we think is going to happen over there?
0: Well, we touched on Roger Conant and Ogden Driscoll already. Um, There are several races that really interested me one was and I say past tense uh, Bob I Did a great job. That was an awesome, and I am really looking forward to seeing him in the Senate Um,
2: I really wasn't surprised at Bob's Bob ran against um, Perkins four years ago I believe it was four and um, Got very easily within striking distance and and Bob, good friend, and um, I just I figured that he would he would do due diligence and get his message out to the people, and I think he did a good job. And he
1: he will be a a very good asset. So, do you think that the Senate's going to be a little bit more conservative, or do you think it'll lean the other way? I do. I think they will go
2: a little more conservative. The leadership on the on the Senate, as we talked about Ogden's race. Uh, it will depend on that race to some degree. Uh, if Ogden does not come back, it will move even a little more to the conservative side. Obviously, Roger is somewhat to the right of, of uh, Ogden. Ogden has a good voting record on guns for the most part, um, but he can, he can land many places.
0: But that said, other. any leadership in this 67th legislature is going to have to pay attention to the conservatives because there are a lot more of us. It's not going to be like in the old days when there were six or eight of you out there and they could push you around or just pretty much do what they wanted to do without you. Now, we, even if we don't take over the leadership, we have a large enough voice that nothing's going to happen without us having a say.
2: With the constituency, for them to have a better understanding of that, the best example is budget session. In a budget session, every, every single bill that runs um, the house of origin that it starts in requires, if it's not the budget bill, the budget bill does not require it. It requires a simple majority. But every other bill requires a two-thirds. And what Ken's talking about is that uh, using that for an example in a budget session, the Conservatives can stop any any bill coming along uh, because they can stop that two thirds introduction vote. If if they you know, if they're able to think their way through as Mr. Zwanit well, says, or if they can read the bill and
0: know what can, it's about. Yeah.
1: All right, so real quick, um, what's on the agenda for the sixty seventh legislature? Should you guys take the majority?
2: Um well, there's a list of probably eight or nine things. And while I won't bore you with all of them, but things like uh, in our budgeting process, we very much need to get to transparency and accountability. Those would be the one of the main uh, priorities. In education, I think we definitely want to look at school choice. Um, we're not saying public schools are bad or horrible, we got to destroy them. We're saying parents deserve the right to make choices. And so I think we're going to see that come forward. On the gun bills, I think you're going to see a number of those come forward to make Wyoming maybe one of the freest states and if not the freest for Second Amendment. Um, life, once again, um, we always get accused of always having a um, pro life agenda and Rightfully good so. yeah. that's the that yeah exactly that's one of those absolute truths if you don't defend life then the rest of it is very at risk at, <laughs> at both ends at both right. ends until natural that's right if we
1: can't agree on life then you and I are not the same yeah that's it, right it's going to be very difficult for us to discuss anything else
2: so i think those four things um another a fifth one that is very important is you're going to, I think you're going to see, again, if conservatives take leadership, one of the first things you're going to see is um, we're going to deal with crossover issues and stuff like that. New York, one of the most liberal states, has an 18-month waiting period across there for crossover. And um, so if you were in the other party more than or less than 18 months ago, you can't change affiliation. Let's not, do it. Yeah. I, well, it, it's got to be addressed. I don't know exactly what that number will be, but it'll be way better than what we have currently have. taxes. It has taxes. to be addressed. Property well, taxes. So i uh, a yeah, bit for that one. Yeah. yeah we're looking at uh, a study bill for acquisition, what it will take us to transfer over to that. And I think the first thing that you're likely to see is um, a 3% cap bill. To try and stop this year, because this year is likely to be even worse than last year's
1: jumps in property tax. So, Ken, it's your first go around in the legislature. What do you have that you want to move as a bill?
0: One of my biggest interests is education. And I've said many times publicly when you have a product that is too expensive and inefficient, it needs competition. And I'm not necessarily trying to diss public education quite. The opposite, in fact, is true. If they had some good competition coming from other forms of education, and I'm not just talking charter schools, that's just public schools with different rules, but some real innovative ideas, it's going to make everybody better. The public schools will get vastly better. We've, we've talked about all sorts of different ideas, how schools could be. We talked about the education the Education Freedom Act, as I like to call it, which is kind of patterned after the same thinking in the Food Freedom Act, just to allow people the liberty to use their innovation and find out what works. We've become so brainwashed into, you know, we just say to somebody, what are you going to do about school? And immediately the assumption is, how am I going to arrange my calendar around the public school system? I would like to see that paradigm shift and I think we'll be a better off. So that's, that's one. Property taxes I'm very interested in. I'm concerned about things like young men participating in women's sports. I don't think that's the right answer.
1: Okay. Well, guys, we got one day to go, and we're all going to find out the answer to all of these questions. Appreciate you taking the time, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be visiting tomorrow. You guys get out there and vote, listeners. Vote conservative. That about wraps everything up for our election special. Remember, there are people that are running in the general election that are trying desperately to convince you that they are something that they are not. The reason for that, whether we want to admit it or not, is that the Wyoming legislature has been very left-leaning and Democratic for a very long time. The reason most people don't know that is they all run as Republicans so that we'll vote for them. We've talked about a lot of them on today's program. They're not conservatives. They're redcoats, and you need to treat them as such. Make sure that you get out and vote, and get everybody else that you know to go vote. We've already cleaned a lot of house in the primary, but we've still got some work to do. And tomorrow, we're going to take care of the rest of it. From the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only... Cowboys State Politics.